our four founders were as different as night and day. I mean, and you could spend an hour talking about their different personalities, but they had a common denominator of integrity, honesty, standing by their work, and, and, and if, if something wasn't right, they'd make it right. And, and that, that's the kind of stuff, to your point, Mike, that's the kind of stuff that that's what builds a relationship because they know we can be trusted. Welcome to SSR On Air. I'm Mike Rogers, your host for this monthly podcast brought to you by Smith Seckman Reed. Tune in as I interview leaders, colleagues, and clients about what is going on internally at SSR and in the larger engineering community. So where do we start? Well, Clay, I'll start by welcoming you. Welcome to the uh, to the po- podcast, SSR On Air. Glad Good. to have you here. Good. So today we're uh, visiting with Clay Segman of uh, Smith Segman Reed, second generation. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to hit you with a few easy questions first and All let right. you Good. let you uh, do what you do. So we'll start off with uh, probably an easy one is uh, how did you end up at SSR? Well, as they say, it's a long story. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I, my dad's dad was an engineer. My dad was obviously an engineer. And I just knew I'd be an engineer mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And whether that's a curse or a blessing, I guess it's yet to be determined. But uh, you know, went to engineering school at Vanderbilt, and just and and I think I interviewed one other place as a, in a sales job or something, and realized that's not me. So I, it was probably, you know, it it, it just it, I won't say it was a no brainer, but it was a it was a conscious no brainer. I just knew that this is what I wanted to do. Fixed on it from the start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember when Dad used to bring home when he was in the early days. Uh, he'd bring home a set of drawings and we'd help color them up based on the zoning of an HVAC system so that he could go explain it to the guy at HCA who didn't really understand engineering but he understood colored drawings and so I always thought it was cool I thought that looking at the drawings and understanding a little bit of what was on there was was just fun and it appealed to my technical nature I guess yeah so maybe let's talk about clients a little bit Mm. Um, we've talked a lot about how clients and you know, they they drive our growth. They drive what we what we do. I mean, yeah. for the most part, what what do we want to do? Yeah, um, we're looking for solutions for them. <clears throat> so when you when you think back at uh, at your success and the success of SSR over the years, what what is what's been the the one thing that you would say about the clients? You know, and and, and the relationships right. and those kinds of things. Great, great topic. I and I have. I have preached this for years and years, and sometimes the, this concept f- with technical people is difficult. Our clients basically, despite what they say, they basically do not understand what it is that we do, which is normal. If if I'm if I had my I've had both knees worked on, and if if I was going to go choose an orthopedic surgeon based on how well they use the scope and all that kind, I, don't, I can't evaluate that. So if I'm going to hire somebody that that that's going to do something that I don't understand what it is that they do, I can't hire them unless I trust them. And I can't, it's human nature, I can't trust somebody unless there's a relationship. It just ain't going to happen. So we've, and, and Dad, Bobby Smith was one of the ones that said we've got to build relationships with our with our clients. And Andy and my dad even both said, oh, good grief, Bobby. Just do in, good engineering work, the clients will come back. Mm-hmm. And that's true only to the degree that if you don't do good engineering work they're not going to come back but the reverse is not true so bobby taught taught us a long time ago you've got to develop friendships because they're they're not going to hire us to do an engineering job if they if they can't trust us and they can't trust us unless there's a relationship so we have spent and i think for the most part 
I think for the most part, we, we collectively have taken that to heart. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the pieces of culture that, that came down from the four founders that we have replicated well. And you, and I even see it in the kids that are around here now. They're building relationships, have friendships with our client base, whether that's an architect, an owner, a program manager, builder, it doesn't matter who it is. It, all of that is our client base. And I think we do a good job of, of promoting that, that friendship. It's not easy. Uh, because it is, there's a book, that's a little pamphlet written years ago called The Tyranny of the Urgent. And if you make a, 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 a matrix of four quadrants and, and important, yes or no, urgent, yes or no, how many things fall in that urgent, yes, or important, yes, urgent, no category? Like changing the oil in your car. You know, is it important? Yeah. Do I have to do it today? No. So what do we wind up doing? We, we kick the can down the road. Yeah. So the relationship thing the investment in relationship, going to see a client without an agenda, go play golf, go take to dinner, oh, sure, all that kind of stuff, but really investing in that relationship. Yeah. It's easy to say, oh, I'll get to that next week. Oh, yeah, I'll do that, blah, 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 and we don't do it. And so we've had to figure out how do we instill a certain sense of urgency with those important things that aren't important, that aren't urgent by themselves. And I think that's what's made us stand out. I think it's those relationships that we've had. And I've got relationships that go back literally 30, 40 I was telling a guy the other day, when you start measuring relationships in decades, you know, it is a whole different ball game. And without those, you can't, you know, you can't, you can't get an architect to put you on their team if they can't trust that you're going to do a good job. Or you can't, yeah. an owner's not going to say, hey, come figure out why this HVAC system isn't serving the surgery suite very well, unless they trust you. And they can't trust you unless there's a, at least some semblance of a relationship. So. Some of the, some of the projects that that uh, that we talk about today, some of the big projects that we talk about today, are projects that had their their birth decades ago. Sometimes, certainly yeah. many years ago. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about what it takes to 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 stay stay in touch, stay focused, and and get to the finish line with with some of these larger, more <clears throat> yeah. more uh, dominant projects that we get. Yeah. Well, like any engineering answer, it begins with the words, it depends. Hmm. Um, but the, a friend of mine down the street asked me, this was a few years ago, said, tell me about your sales cycle. When you when you first find out about your op- an opportunity, you win it or lose it. He said, what is that, three or four months or whatever? I said, how about a decade? And he looked at me like I had three eyes. I said, I'm dead serious. Some of this stuff we pursue. And it reflects the reality of the markets that we're working for. If we were working for the hospitality market or the retail market, where a developer says, oh, I think I'm going to go build this, you know, spec office building or go build this strip center, that is a three- or four-month, you know, sales cycle because it's either going to happen and it's going to happen fast because he's got his window open, he's got his financing, go, or all that falls apart and it dies. Mm-hmm. It is not true in the institutional world. Corrections, aviation, uh, health care, even sports, sports, I think, yeah. is, is the same. Any kind of building that is has a different ownership structure and all these things just take a long time to gestate and and so our challenge we literally have projects we have that we have found we found out about and and we don't win or lose them for eight years 10 years 12 years the 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 challenge to us and the reason i say it depends is because every situation every scenario is different and so what it takes quote unquote to stay in front of the client base depends on the dynamics it it depends on i'm not gonna be able to have time to list them who's the owner not always the same. Is it a developer in the healthcare world that's doing an MOB for a hospital? Is it a board of directors? Is it a public entity like a, like a Harris County Health District? Is it a federal government that takes decades? Our commissioning guys want finally booked 
the commissioning work at the Landstuhl Air Force Base in Rom, at Rammstein in mm-hmm. Germany. Yeah. Fifteen years yeah. in the making. That's when it started. Fifteen yeah. years. Yeah. And so it, it just it just depends. But it it um if you start out thinking, oh gosh, this is going to be a ten-year pursuit, you'd, you'd never get there. You'd you'd die on the vine with it. But it just—it's building the relationship and and focusing not on the project, but focusing on the relationship with the people involved. Yeah. A lot of them take twists and turns because you build a relationship with this guy, like we did at Ballad Health, and then next thing you know, he's gone. Mm-hmm. Well, who else is here now? We got to start over again to some degree, almost. Right. Um, but it it takes a good bit of perseverance. It mostly takes the, the the word follow up, circling back, just following up on a conversation, and and having a sense of what's the right cadence or pace. Yeah. You don't want to call everybody every somebody every month, you know, for a project that's not happened for two years. He'll 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 just start hitting the mute button, you know. Um, but it it it's a and I guess that's one of the things I've learned over the years of doing this is how do you structure that capture plan if you want yeah. to call it that. And and who all it's not it's and it's usually not just one person doing it. It's well, okay, somebody's gonna reach to the arch there's there's a pool of architects that may be chasing this project. Well, how do we stay in touch with them as they pursue it? What's their strategy? There's probably a pool of construction managers that are pursuing it. Is there a program manager involved? Yes or no. When does that when do that when does that entity get engaged? Yeah. Depends. So the strategy none of the strategies ever look the same. Everyone's a custom, just like the projects we do. Everyone's a custom. All these strategies are the same, and and how you react and 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 the tactical level activities that you have are totally dictated by what the overall strategy is. The the challenge though is that tyranny of the urgent. Yeah, it's time for me to call Stephen Carberry up at Yale New Haven Health. Do I do that today or next week or even next month? It doesn't really matter because it's years out there. But do I do it? You know, right. Right. I've got to get it done. And how do I build in a we struggle with how do we build a system that reminds us or that enforces or that holds us accountable for doing that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I'd like to say we're there, but we're making progress, but we're not yeah. there. Yeah, I think it's a constant <clears throat> battle. You know, we, you know uh, going back to what you said about relationships that are decades long, sometimes that person that leaves this place ends up at another place. Oh, and absolutely. 10 years later, you've got that relationship you built somewhere else. So it's about, it's about just staying with it and being, you know, tenacious yeah. with creating those relationships wherever they present themselves and you you mentioned about you know forging relationships at at some of these events i think also we forge really strong relationships in the middle of projects right i mean i always feel like you you know we we build the strongest relationships when there's a battle going on when something goes south right and 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 so you 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 take those moments and you capitalize on those as Mm -hmm. well and 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 it, it, human nature, when you've yeah. been through the fire, you tend to be closer to yeah. someone. And I think, I don't think we've mentioned this, but part of the culture that our founders passed down to us are <clears throat> absolutely critical elements of building relationships. Honesty, integrity, mm-hmm. doing what you say you'll do, um, following up on things. If you've, got a, if you've got a project that's in the ditch, you don't give up on it. You, if you're losing your shirt on it financially, that doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, you'll forget that two years from now. You won't forget a client that said, "Oh, they left us in a lurch." You know, two years ago. But and that that came that literally that was a com. Our four founders were as different as night and day. I mean, and you could spend an hour talking about their different personalities, but they had a common denominator of integrity, honesty, standing by their work, and and, mm-hmm. and if, if something wasn't right, they'd make it right. And and that that's the kind of stuff. To your point, Mike, that's the kind of stuff that that's what builds a relationship because they know we can be trusted. And that, and that, I, I'd like to think, and I do think that that's another one of the 
pieces of culture that we've that we've carried through is that we can be that we can be trusted you know we're going to deal with them honestly financially or liability wise or just whatever the topic may be that they can they can depend on us to do the right thing so i wanted to say thanks for coming in and talking today welcome appreciate you joining us next time we do it we can start telling ssr stories yes there's plenty (laughs) there are plenty (laughs) there's plenty Thanks for joining us for this episode of SSR On Air. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can also connect with us on social media. Links to everything can be found in the show's notes. Take care, everyone. See you next time.